Ho, ho, holy shit, I'm in the toilet bowl. After a season of heartbreak, failure, and Gabe Davis, the league's two worst teams are set to duke it out and decide who the real loser is. On the brighter side of the bracket, the league is down to four powerhouse teams as the Peach Hog comes within sight. With the dead weight shaved off, there is officially no room for error. It's all led up to this. This is Don't Fear the Keeper. And we are back. Uh, as you just heard me say, this is Don't Fear the Keeper, and I am Diesel, joined today by um, a, uh, a completely free and unencumbered commish today. Uh, Chuck, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing very well. I had a great, very productive day that started at about 1130. Um, it was, the reason why John said that is because I was commenting. John is still doing some stuff for work today. And I was saying how when the group chat was kind of going off about everybody hates about working, like for there was a moment there where I was like, what's everybody talking about? Realizing that just because I have four weeks off does not mean that the rest of the world has four weeks off. And so to all of you uh, uh, working, um, sucks to suck. That being said, I'm sure you all made more than negative $100,000 this year. So maybe I'm the clown. You never really know. I am on pace to eclipse negative one hundred thousand dollars. That's big. That's just, big. just barely. <laughs> if I'm being honest, that's that's my big joke because like I've got cousins now that are like 22, 23 that are getting like jobs, mm-hmm. and my big joke amongst the family because I'm you know such the life of the party. You're comedian. Yeah, whatever. Whatever they like. Oh, I'm making about forty five thousand dollars a year. I always just add that number. To what my tuition was and say that's one hundred forty five thousand dollars more than I made this year. Like that's you're doing great. Wait, so in your family, you guys just like people just sit around the table and go like, yeah, no, about forty five k. That's what I'm bringing in. Is that like more, a- the the new ones? It's not like a big like see, like what do you make it? Uh, like it's kind of like a thing where you'll like throw out some numbers mm-hmm. and you'll you know, like, no one ever actually says I, my paycheck this week is sure actually, okay. actually you can do that math, but it's like yeah like about there something like that you know because i was gonna say i think if someone asked me how much i was making i'd be like yeah no sure like i'll, I'll tell you but if someone i would not just sit down and be like yeah no ray's brought me oh, to- no, no, no. It's, it's always solicited information yes. nobody like leads the conversation off with so i got my paycheck that's how much i'm making <laughs> that's good actually chuck i think the only time that i have told someone unasked how much I make, or maybe you did ask, but I told you at one point because I was very excited. I was making exactly $69,000 that year. I, I, I asked you, I was uh, very excited to tell. I believe we're, I believe we were in the lodge kitchen. No, this would have been a different job then. You did tell me what you were making your first job. Isn't that the job we were talking about? Yeah, no, I remember this. We were walking through, uh, Ohio city in Cleveland. That's when I remember this conversation right. taking place. We had the conversation twice. So, so literally, what we, what we just learned is that I am very up on John's personal finance. You are. <laughs> Chuck is my accountant now. Um, well, to, to continue on with, with Chuck's backstory, uh, Chuck is wearing an, uh, an Old Dominion hat. And actually, I really like this hat, Chuck. Um, yeah. it, is, it is famous Toastery Bowl branded on the side. Don't it's know the branded the logo. Well, how was the trip outside of the fact that Old Dominion suffered uh, an absolutely cataclysmic defeat? It was actually, it was a very fun trip. So we drove down uh, Saturday morning, took out to our hotel about, you know, Saturday evening sometimes, about a seven, 
and a half hour trip from Cleveland to Charlotte via normal stops and gas and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but really cool, actually. We uh, like we're staying at a hotel like downtown. There's a bunch of like shops and stuff around there that we hung out at. Sunday, there was nothing really going on, and so we went to uh, the Carolina Browns backers bar. Right. Watch, watch the game amongst the people, and the Browns won, and pretty classic. Ooh, they're just the cardiac kids again. The Cleveland yep. Browns. They're, it's just Fun. the cardiac kids again. They're just doing that again. That's Joe Flacco more than it is the Browns as a whole. Is... Uh, the 49ers, like they've won a lot of games. The 49ers, the Colts, the last couple games, like have all been won, like, like go like very close, kind of very exciting endings. So they're the, cardi- they're the cardiac kids again. We had that. Sure. So we did that. Um, get to see Andrew for a little bit. And then, yeah, went to the game on uh, Monday at the. Uh, University of North Carolina in Charlotte. That's where the stadium was at, not where the Panthers play. Several no. fans there told us that they went to the wrong stadium before going to the right stadium. I mean, yeah. Apparently. I wouldn't I, – I absolutely would have assumed that it was at the – whatever the Panther stadium is called. Bank, bank of America. Yeah, I knew it was a bank. That's that's, yeah. that's always a safe bet. Um, but, yeah, so – and the game was very fun for, like, 97% of it. And then – right. Yeah, so, yeah, how much? Yeah, how much does that other three percent though take away from the? Joke? So, so it was kind of funny. We were debating this. So, Western Kentucky does have a big comeback. It was a twenty-eight point comeback. Old Dominion was up twenty-one going into the fourth quarter. Western Kentucky storms back. They tie it going to overtime. Old Dominion had back-to-back kicks blocked <laughs> in the fourth quarter. They kicked the field goal for like the. Open like a 42 yarder to go up by 10, probably ice in the game that gets blocked. And then in overtime, Old Dominion got the ball first and had like a 17 yard field goal basically that got blocked. You get a 17 um, yard field goal blocked. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Do you not block uh, anyone on the line? They, they, they apparently not. It didn't appear that they that, it didn't appear that blocking people was at the top of their priority list for that no. field goal. But so Western Kentucky hits a field goal uh, to win it. And the Western Kentucky players immediately sprint. The whole bench clears. They sprint directly across the field and wave goodbye to all of the Old Dominion fans. (laughs) That's fucking sweet. And and we we were debating this. And my uncle's like, I wasn't a big fan of the taunt at the end. And I go, I'm a fan of, like, rational taunting. Where it's like, hey, we just won the Cotton Bowl. Or going, like, no, we just... Won the famous toastry bowl to move to eight and five on the season, and you guys can all go fuck yourselves. I so I I will disagree with you. If they had won it in a traditional sense, like they won like 35-24 in regulation, then yes, taunting the opposing fans would be just a weird move. To ha- <laughs> execute a 28-point comeback and win an overtime. That warrants taunting. Yeah. That is that is a tauntable offense. So there, so there was almost a brawl after Fuck, the game yeah. was over between the two teams. Um, so, so it was exciting all the way to beyond the final whistle. It was a very exciting game. I absolutely love that. Um, I, I think I'm a Western Kentucky guy now. Go Mountaineers. Also, they're like I said, their mascot. They're, they're the Hilltoppers. Hilltoppers. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Big, big WKU guy over there for John. Yeah, I, while I'm learning. Yeah, Red Grimace is even a worse mascot <laughs> in person than it looks like on TV. There's no such thing as a bad Grimace, Chuck. 
Um, okay. Well, that's fantastic. Um, all right. Well, we can just dive in here, Chuck. Uh, we can uh, take a little stab at some uh, some recaps because this was actually, even by playoff standards, this was uh, quite the fucking week, uh, pretty much across the board. Somehow the least interesting game was the inaugural petite final, which let's start no, there. No, that, that's, that's, that's not a shock that that was the least interesting game. Because as, as we said, we had two wet newspaper pieces of shit playing in it. No, I wanted to discuss how disappointed I am in Alex and Brian for not bringing more fanfare. They had the opportunity to set up a new tradition where it's like, hey, if you can't win the thing, if you can win the petite final... You you are number two in terms in terms of the the like clout on the season, um, and I think that that was just hang a banner. Tell you hang a banner. Yeah, it's, this should be Lakers regular season in season tournament. Tur- in season tournament, hang a banner. Hang the banner. Um, I mean, and I don't necessarily think. Like I said last week, you didn't need to do a gimmick. You didn't need to. It would have been fun if they had. You didn't need to. But if you weren't going to do a gimmick, maybe if they had just talked once in the group chat, like, "Hey," if I'm, there had been go- any reference. Alex essentially, both of them really treated it as though they were like a team that had already lost in the playoffs and therefore was out. But like, technically, you're in a game, so it's yeah. just uh, um, something that needs to be tracked, kind of. Um, and that was just bo- the only way that that would have been entertaining is if Alex actually broke the scoring record, which he came absolutely nowhere near doing. Um, and was not that was not the highest scoring team, despite his best efforts. And I will say the one benefit we'll get out of that is that, um, like I said, Alex was just right where he wait, not good. He's a fraud, piece of shit, irrelevant. Nobody cares about him. Um, it is tough that Alex essentially would have. I mean, I technically, and we'll get to this in a second. He would have beaten two playoff teams, but everyone would have beaten two of the playoff teams. Yeah. So there's. Not really much uh, to to say about that, um, but Alex wouldn't have beaten me, which I think just it is a, a statement on how fleeting Alex's dominance was. It was a it, it was an ap- an actual flash in the pan. Like by the yes. time you've looked at it, it is already gone. <laughs> yeah, it was already out. Um, so yeah, so we had that pretty much disappointment um, on, on their part. Uh, we did jinx Brian. Um, that was a nice thing. Uh, we gave Brian so much credit about like, br- listen, Brian's always going to get up to 120. You got to get over 120 to beat him. If you don't, he's just going to beat you. And Brian threw up, uh, I think 108 or something along those lines. Um, Again, another another irrelevant guy this year, and it was just proven through the final game. It was um, to look at the playoffs, which were the other two not interesting. They were interesting in how not competitive they were. Um. Uh, looking at Scott nearly uh, setting the all-time low scoring record, all-time PPR low scoring record um, with an absolutely putrid performance. He loses to Zach by 101 points, almost 102 points in the first round of the playoffs. Um, To say that he evaporated would be giving him simply too much credit. I think that's the, he snuck in Mm -hmm. and we learned immediately that there's tears to this league. And he, was not, he was not in the top one. And listen, it, I think it, it, you can liken it to the NBA where you just never see a young team make a run in the playoffs because it's you just don't. not doable. You, you don't know what is required of you to make a run. And I think Scott was taught a lesson 
uh, in that game, which was a, you need to score more than 60 points. Um, and, <laughs> and B, um, you should probably keep an eye on who you're starting defensively because holy shit, <laughs> did Scott not pick the right one? <laughs> I will say, nobody saw AOC and the Raiders <laughs> coming out like that. No one could have called that. Nobody could have, no. However, it was tough uh, to watch. It was tough as a beginning to that game. Well, it, there's, there's literally nothing to say. It, like, there's not, there was not one. Like, Amari Cooper catches... A dart from Joe Flacco mm-hmm. and runs down the sideline. Without that, Scott could have had forty points in this game. Scott probably would have been sub fifty for the first time in PPR history um, in a playoff game, uh, which is obviously tough. But yeah, Zach, hey, and- the, the, the magic, the magic ran out. The magic lasted just long enough. I was going to say Scott. the, the magic it, it ran out, out at the right time. That yeah. if it was going to run out, it should have ran out there. Um, and then on the other side of the bracket, uh, Colin to- tells us something that we already knew, which is that Colin is in that upper tier of uh, teams this year, and Ben is is certainly not. <laughs> well, and also, like Ben's team didn't play well, so it's like Colin was going to win this game, um, kind of regardless of what happened. Like he could have pulled half his roster. Anyway. Every everything went right for him this week and it shows with the score. I mean 193 that's gonna be that's gonna beat almost every team every week that score. Um <laughs> yeah. So yeah so it, it's one of those things where it's like yeah like he had a great week. It's not waste because it's just like building momentum type of thing in your mind because we've tried to illustrate even though yeah. it does matter. It doesn't matter it how doesn't you matter, but it does but, matter but it does matter. <laughs> and so yes yeah, so like everything played well um for Colin this week and the kind of the, the, the bright side is that like even if he sort of comes back to earth coming back to earth still looks like 150 mm-hmm. points uh, you know like a really good score so it's not it's not like he was in the 120s and yeah. then jumped up to 150 where it's like all right when he comes back it's only going to be kind of lower right but no he, he's been playing pretty well all season and then jumped up he comes back to earth he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of points still on that on that squad he is. And uh, just to briefly touch on Ben, Ben uh, threatening a resignation, not threatening, but uh, maybe foreshadowing a resignation from the league. Yeah, going to have to start firing up uh, the search the search committee again. <laughs> Apparently, we are going to go, uh, we're going to go fishing. Uh, alleged- I guess, yeah, Ben needs to tell us at some point <laughs> what he's yes. planning to do. Uh, but he is officially retiring from the Secret Santa, uh, which is a shame. Um, but I would love to know. Can 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 we might force Brian into early retirement based on how this year goes? So we might be we have to be really trimming down that group. We'll see. It there was a concerted effort to be nice to Brian last year. I am curious if he throws up a similar performance this year. If he if can. that holds, like, like this is this is the one thing. It's totally in his control. Like it if, is. If if I was dogged on for giving a bad gift, I would like relentlessly work to find a really good gift the following year. So that exactly. no one can say anything. Brian notably never been an effort guy. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We will. Um, best of luck to you, Brian. Um, okay. And then looking at the, uh, the losers bracket, um, nothing surprising. Uh, Gary kind of just shows up and beats Kyle. Okay, literally Gary, Gary literally, literally had just had to show up for this game. He, like, did. he had, had to have, feel, just had to feel a full roster. 
and he was probably going to beat yeah. Kyle. The only thing that could have hurt him would have been if multiple players got hurt in the first quarter. That's the only yeah. way he loses this game, um, which didn't happen. So Gary moves out of the loser's bracket. And then um, in the final game. Also, Gary lucked out, like easily won with a giant T Higgins and a giant Baker Mayfield performance on his bench. Like those, mm-hmm. those are moves this time of year where you're looking to go. I lost by 10, but I had 8,000 points left on yes. my bench. Well, that, exactly. that's on me. He got, I mean, lucky is one way to say it, but um, like you said, didn't really have to do a whole lot of effort to, to pull off the win here against Kyle. Yeah. That hurts. If you're in the playoffs um, in the, the toilet bowl or in the losers bracket this year, especially, Again, you just have to throw out your best pitch, and it's probably going to be a strike <laughs> against yeah. uh, especially Kyle right now. Um, and then on the other side of things, I absolutely choke away a lead to Paul. Um, as Paul pointed out, I at one point in like the little ESPN projection, uh, 91% uh, yeah. win probability. Um, that dropped to zero. Uh, yeah, n- simply didn't have the horses, it turned out, because... Honestly, fuck James Cook and fuck Isaiah Likely. Two weeks out of this year that they both decided that they were going to be absolute Pro Bowl players, and it was the back-to-back weeks that I play Paul. Um, you take away the 40-point performance. Not only that, James Cook is like now, they're like, that's the key to the Bills. This is, yes. the, this is, now, this is now the guy that makes the Bills go, is James Cook. We have officially just, moved. It took, it took him playing you for the entire world to learn that (laughs) he literally i in the first half i sent a message and i was like i'm gonna kill myself if james cook puts up 40 40 being like my exaggerated wouldn't that be crazy number and then he just essentially does it um i mean thank god you wrote with aaron jones though what did i say what did i say if you roll with aaron jones you deserve to lose to be clear that's not why I lost. It would not have changed the outcome if you had gone with Jarek McKinnon over Aaron Jones. To be um, abundantly clear, there I simply did not have the horses with Terry McLaurin having his best game of the year entirely in the fourth quarter. Not, not, I was say, say he had like eight points yes, or seven points like going into the fourth quarter. Like that was that was a dead one too. Yeah, no, I put my phone down because I was like, all right, sweet, made it out of the. <laughs> I made it out of the one o'clock games in really good shape, and then I picked it back up you, 15 minutes you, later. You walked through one o'clock Sunday. Now, mind you, we had had a Thursday night game and three Saturday games to that point, and Paul had guys that had gone, mm-hmm. and then his Bears got stuffed by the Browns. Yep, and it was like there's no like this. You were looking really good. I was literally only scared of DJ Moore and Justin Fields. I was like, if they get shut down, there's no way I lose here. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> incorrect right. In- incorrect assumption apparently and i really listen obviously yeah maybe i should have started mckinnon over elijah moore or obj uh because those are the real that that's the real mistake this loss is laid purely at the feet of brandon mcmanus that who was managed so, to that miss was... two 50 yard field goals um because listen i don't win the game no matter what even if he makes both of those um, he just puts Devonte Smith in, but at least Paul would have had to feel the full lineup to fucking beat me. <laughs> I, I sincerely cannot believe that he whiffed on two fifty-yard field goals, um, and then made one. Ex- Thank God they didn't score another touchdown. Thank no, fucking Colin, God. Colin had the perfect line. He goes, "This garbage time touchdown might <laughs> might it vanish." John, him. I've already experienced that once. 
uh, with it was a Tyler Bass game where he missed two field goals and made two extra points, which is the fucking worst 0.0 you can possibly get, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, uh, so I mean, again, I said it before. Congrats to Paul and Gary. The two worst teams did wind up in the toilet bowl. Well, yeah, bowl. So that, that that is on the back end of this, is that the two worst teams are in the toilet bowl. And, like, I don't – to call Kyle's roster anemic, I think it's a disservice to anemic people. It really is. Anemic people can still survive given proper treatment. <laughs> yeah, like, it's an insult to that. It's – um, and that's what scares me here. That is what genuinely scares me is the absolute momentum. Cause like I have looked pretty good past couple weeks. Kyle has looked like he is barely an actual team. Um, and that scares the shit out of me that I'm nope. going to blow this. Hey, nobody believes in Kyle's team right now. That's a very, they got nothing to lose. That's a very dangerous exactly. man. That's not the team you want to see. All right. Well, that's the recap. Um, uh, did you have any other thoughts, Chuck? Did you have any stray NFL insights that I, I know you like touching on those? Uh, so I, a couple weeks ago, bet on Browns over nine and a half wins. I've gotten to nine. Yeah. And so the uh, my, my family didn't quite understand. My dad's like, I think we're in the playoffs now, no matter what happens. I was like, well, let's win one more just, <laughs> just to be sure. And I was very adamant that the Browns needed to win one more game. Let's not start pulling play. starters here. <laughs> Yeah, let's get one. Let's get one more, just to be sure. I um, as far as um team wins are going, I am now officially all in on like I am desperate for the Giants to lose these last three games. I'm gonna be furious. I mean, yeah, the like I will say the the Commanders got the they they understood the assignment. They're like, we're Mm -hmm. Ron Rivera, we're firing Jack Del Rio. You can stay around, but please to God, do not win any more. Do not win any more games. I mean, I will give Dable credit because there were legitimate calls for, like, they need to fire him. And it was like, why the fuck would they fire him? That doesn't make any sense. But I understand that he needed to prove that he is still a good offensive head coach that can work with less. But goddammit, three wins in a row to push us out of the top five picks is infuriating. Yeah. The... uh... I was listening to a, a recap of the games, and they're talking about uh, the commanders were down by 14 to the Rams and got the ball first in goal from the one-yard line. There's about four and a half minutes left to go in the game, and it took the commanders, through poor clock management and not hustling, three and a half minutes <laughs> to, to score. Like, they were they were taking every play cl- – they would run the ball, get stopped, and then instead of hustling up to the line – would use the entirety of the play clock before running their next play. <laughs> That's also, they're in such a good situation for tanking too. And honestly, the Giants theoretically should have been in the same situation where they could have, they can write off any dumb decision as, well, we're trying to, you know, get Sam some uh, some confidence here. We're just yeah. trying to make sure, speed up his development. Uh, you know, that's why we let him drop back 45 times this game was because we're trying to uh, speed up his development, not because he throws an interception every five passes. Yeah, um, exactly. Which should have been what Tommy DeVito was. But for some reason, he has a, captured America's uh, hearts and minds. And now we're God fucking damn it. All right. Let's move into our uh, segments here. Um, so the first one we're going to do is uh, we're going to do we're going to look at some awards finalists. Are, 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 
okay, so Chuck, this was your idea. Why don't you explain uh, what we're going to do here? Sorry, he's taking a sip of his... What, what is that? A, a, a Pepsi. Pepsi Zero? This is Pepsi. Just Pepsi? Okay. Uh, so like um, college and the NFL is that when they... Before they present their postseason awards or their season awards, um, they always give you the finalists. They said, these people are who was in the running to win this award. And usually it's top three. It sometimes changes. You know, Heisman will do four, you know, or five, depending mm-hmm. on the type of thing. So we're going to do that this year. We're going to present to you the Norwich Football League 2023 award finalists. I haven't um, decided yet if I'm going to have framed certificates made or not. Uh, but that's all for the finalists or for the winner for the winners the okay. winner we're gonna fr- yeah i'm not gonna to say jesus christ no there's gonna be a lot of certificates be a lot of money honestly yeah so so the awards that we have to give out that we'll be giving out this year are as follows coach of the year so that's the it goes to an owner who um sort of either managed the best roster, drafted the best roster, made the right roster moves at the right time versus sitting and starting, just somebody who seemed to have their finger on the pulse of their team for most of the year or when their team was going south, made the appropriate adjustments to um, to make to make a change. Um, we have the MVP. That's going to a fantasy player, not owner, mm-hmm. that for one reason or another – was kind of the reason that a team went very far or ultimately wins. And so that could be because they were the highest scoring player or they were so much better than everybody else at their position could be another criteria or based like they grossly overperformed their draft expectations or um, they sort of were able to be picked up off the waiver warrior mid season and had a great second half, something like that. The least valuable player is also going to a player kind of the opposite of that a player who you can kind of point to that either being injured or not playing well or a number of other factors are the reason that teams lost games or did not go as far as they could have there's the peach hog uh finalist uh that's just what that's do you just mean the tro- that's just the trophy that's just the trophy someone gets the peach hog that's just the winner of the peach hog but it is a it is a postseason award so so we're gonna do finalists for it though so it's just you four so th- there's only four finalists for that there's those no, no, just the four people still in the running for that that's the, what, we don't have we don't have to discuss that one I was gonna say it's just essentially it's the college football playoff committee just yeah yeah that's just, <laughs> that's just, just the four finalists announcing. we're gonna hand this trophy to somebody at the end of this all said and done uh the peach hog MVP will go to a player who in the championship game, is the reason that the team likely wins. So a giant breakout game or something. I would explain along. that to the playoffs. Could do like, a playoffs. Yeah. So we could, you could use the, the all three rounds of the playoffs and see if yeah. one player had a particularly good three week stretch. We could, yeah, we'll expand it to yeah. that then. Well, went for like kind of like the, kind of like the uh, how the finals MVP is supposed to be like the MVP of the playoffs, right? Kind yeah. of you know. Yeah, for that team. Yeah. Um. Comeback player of the year. So that's an owner who showed great improvement from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, either, again, overcame adversity or you know, they were really bad last year and they've rallied uh, to this year. The most unimproved uh, player, that's the that's- owner that regressed the most. That will go to John. That is a one-man um, race. <laughs> that will go to John. There's no and then Mr. Relevant is the final award, and that's the owner who, as the name kind of explains, was – kind of irrelevant the entire year you could have basically had a computer 
or something run their team and we've gotten basically the same outcome and the same amount of engagement in the chat or vice versa. Um, around I think the- th- that one to me is going to be the most hotly contested. <laughs> it's Mr. Yeah. Irrelevant. We got some, yeah. we got some competition for that one. Yes. Um, so starting with coach of the year, uh, John and I were each going to bring three finalists. And if we disagreed, we were going to narrow it down to, Oh, I thought we were just going to debate it. out. Okay. I have oh, three in mind anyway. I don't that's know. A, so, Kind of things. Um, so the three people that I put forth are Scott, Colin, and myself. I personally was um, I was thinking going into this that this was going to be Zach. Also, um, most 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 imp- or comeback player of the year cannot go to Scott or Kyle because yes, that's just the, yeah, or most unimproved, obviously, or most unimproved. Yes, <laughs> they are disqualified from that. To me, it's Zach Colin and Scott. Um, Zach, because I don't think you can possibly have this discussion without Zach. I know obviously Zach was a little fraudulent, but he did make the playoffs despite effectively not having draft picks. Um, And that requires coaching. I think that is something that you need to, um, Zach had to be very active in roster management trades. Um, Zach had to do a lot to get in there. Um, And I think the same can be said of Colin. Obviously he was not at the same deficit um but he did start off with a truly bad team and turn the corner uh via trades mostly uh and some some well-timed pickups but uh so i think those two to me are locks the area where i would have some discussion with you is you versus scott i I could see that going either way oh see i think to me that this is a runaway award for scott when all is said and done because he drafted a team and then was able to again use that team to build for the future and still ultimately made the playoffs with it that you could point to his division being bad but he got eight wins that was the playoff number and he if you just looked at the rot at the records between everybody that made the playoffs nothing sticks out about scott's performance in that regard as to being a playoff team or not which is why i think scott um should be in the, should be a finalist for sure. I am fine with moving uh, Zach in for myself, though. Okay, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, my only reason for not potentially giving it to Scott is that uh, I think this is like giving the winner of the NFC South this year the Coach of the Year award. Like it's uh, like you got to play six games against truly terrible competition. <laughs> What's what are we rewarding here, really? Uh, is Arthur Smith really that good? No, he's not. He's terrible at his job. Well, they're not, they're not winning the South. No, they're not. But I'm just as an example. I yes. can't give it to Frank Reich. <laughs> That's true. Um, okay. All right. So we're gonna do Scott, Zach, Colin. Yes. All right. The MVP again. This is a player. I have three in mind. I have Tyree Kill. I have Puka Nakua, and I have Brock Purdy. Ooh. Puka, I didn't think about. So mine, I was immediately thinking. So obviously he was a high draft pick, but I honestly, the second I thought this, I was like, these are all going to be Mike players in in my head. That's what they're going to turn out to be. So the reason why I don't think is that what Christian McCaffrey did this year was not a surprise to anybody. Everybody that drafted Christian McCaffrey was expecting him to do this. Like to me, that eliminates him from the MVP conversation well so it wasn't a surprise that he was good it was almost a surprise that he was this good 
he was truly incredible. He was not taken first overall. Uh, again, fairly, uh, you know, he went two. But I don't think many people were taking him second or first overall. Um, he has been truly dominant. I wasn't going to pick him. I was thinking Mostert because Mostert, he Mostert's of, another good one as well. Came out of absolutely nowhere. God, am I just going to pick Dolphins? Because the other one that I was thinking of was Hill. And then uh, I actually, I like Nakua. I like Puka. Um, because I do think that he, I mean, he, he obviously kind of fell a little bit behind, but still that early season stretch was just so incredible that I think he warrants, uh, discussion in this. What about Brock Purdy? A, a pickup off the waiver wire for the number four quarterback right now. That's a good point that I actually hadn't thought about. And again, that, that, that to me was, was so like I said, like my criteria were kind of, you know, the, could be the overall highest scoring player. That would be McCaffrey, but. Everybody kind of thought he'd be one of the highest scoring players. Tyree Kill has been has had just incredible. McCaffrey has too, but it seems like Tyree Kill every week for a while it was just like twenty points, twenty points, twenty points immediately, which is why I thought he should be in there. And then Nakua and Purdy had great years off of the waiver wire, like they were not drafted players. I do like the Purdy experience. Um. Because yeah, and again, in a year especially where quarterbacks quarterback quarterbacks like twice, were, yeah, uh, I think that Purdy is a good inclusion. Uh, I like Puka. Are you good with Mostert? Who again was an out of no like over Tyreek? Yeah, I, Mostert is leading the league in touchdowns right now. I think that's a, I, that's a, I didn't think of him. I was I, when I, when I went to Dolphins, I went right to Hill. But I think if we took out Tyreek Hill, went to Mostert, I think that's a good because Tyreek Hill was Purdy. drafted. Sixth overall, Raheem Mostert was drafted in the ninth round. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so there you are. So we're going with Mostert, Raheem Mostert, Puka Nakua, and Brock Purdy as our finalist for MVP. I think that those are good uh, out of nowhere picks. Yeah, because there's yeah. nobody there. I, and I mean, that is just such a boost to Mike that you got that level of production out of a ninth round pick. Um, I I do want that's one where if I could go back and like play see the other simulations of this year where Achain does not get hurt. Yeah. What what does that offense look like and how where does Achain end up and where does Mostert end up? Like that oh, yeah. type of thing. Probably Achain's getting more touches. Well, I don't know because like it's it's like Achain was so great, but it's like they. They had no problems with handing most of the ball. Like they were handing him the ball like begrudgingly. Like he was making plays. Yes. Still. So it's like I, I just I just do wonder. It's like there's only one ball type of thing. Like they both just get hurt by that, and both end up as like, you know, could they be like the eighth and tenth running backs overall instead of one of them being like second? Yeah. No. And I think that's an interesting question. But again, yeah, did he benefit from no competition essentially? Yes. But he still. <laughs> He went absolutely nuclear without the competition. Yeah. So yeah, I think he belongs in the in the discussion. Um, no, I I got no problems with Ricky Mostert. So least valuable player, I have the three people that I have looked at are Justin Jefferson, Aaron mm. Jones, and Gabe Davis. <sighs> Jones, there's a real argument. Gabe Davis is on this list. Gabe Davis okay. is. There's no list that doesn't include Gabe Davis. To me, this is not even close. <laughs> Gabe Davis has scored zero points five different weeks and he that graphic that i sent was truly incredible where his essentially his fantasy value was exactly inverse to his start percentage 
on ESPN yeah. platforms. It was the higher it went, the worse he did. It's Gabe Davis. Um, Aaron Jones, I think, yeah, just due to the injuries, I do. Was that think a second round? Was that a second round pick? Is it, or was he a, like where, where was he drafted? I thought Aaron he was Jones like a was round that pick. was my second round pick. Okay, so that is tough. Which again, that was not a crazy. That was a pretty average ADP. Oh yeah. Him. I was I had targeted him the whole time. I was like, and actually, I went back this week and kind of looked at like, all right, who did I leave on the board? Really wish I drafted Travis Etienne <laughs> instead, who went two picked out, two picks after him. What can you do? Um, yeah, no. So I, I I think Aaron Jones belongs in there. I'm not sure about uh, Jefferson because he did play. So, so it's it's the argument. It's John and Taylor argument from last year. He was. Almost unanimously, the number one overall pick across almost any platform for fantasy. And because of the injury, which is part of this, is going to finish as a wide receiver in the 40s somewhere. Yeah, but here's the, he did look good when he was playing, and he did win people some games. My question but, would be... Like, a lot of teams, if you banked on Justin Jefferson, you, your entire middle of your season, you fell apart. You didn't have... A roster if you're in a large league or something or didn't have access like Justin Jefferson cost people probably playoff spots down the road oh probably but I do think I mean, it's, it's it's the same thing it's like is he least valuable like it's the David Johnson the year he was got hurt it's Taylor last year it's but he Jefferson made it now it's these guys that are unanimous this season then all five games what five games he played more than five games Jefferson wasn't he hurt after the fifth game and then he just just came back. I swore. Yeah, he, he played. That was like week played weeks five. one through four were great. Week five against Kansas City had five point eight oh, points, and then missed mind, week six, right. seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Was I thought that that was later in the season for some reason. All right, I'm okay with that then. Yeah, so I the, thought he played like eight games. So the, those three: Aaron Jones, Gabe Davis, Justin Jefferson. We're sticking with those three. Yeah, the only one that I would throw in there would be Derrick Henry, who is still running back ten. But has had some some real disappointing performances throughout that. Um, he is, he, and maybe this is more of an eye test thing than actually fantasy performance. He has looked like the cliff is fast approaching, and he is uh, driving full he, speed over it. He appears to have already jumped off. Mm-hmm. So that's where I, yeah, I, I sort of think him. He has done a little bit better, or he's done a lot better than Aaron Jones, who is who I might swap him out with just because he was drafted. He was a first-round pick. But, yeah, Aaron Jones has essentially not played, and when he has, he's been like a 10-point guy um, rather than 20. So yeah. I, I think, yeah, let's let's go with Aaron Jones there. Okay. So, great. so again, for our least valuable player, we're going with Justin Jefferson, Aaron Jones, and Gabe Davis. Uh, the Peach Hog Award we already discussed, that's just the four people remaining for the Peach Hog requires yeah. no debate as to who we hand the trophy to, which is the winner of the league. Yeah, that is, I was going to say. There's no – there's, There's no award AP, ceremony. There's no yeah. AP poll where we're going to go ahead and decide to hand the crystal ball to somebody else. Be fun. Be fun. And again, the, the Peach Hog MVP, we will wait to see um, mm-hmm. the end of the the end of the season there. Um, comeback player of the year. I again have three. I put um, myself, Con, and Alex in this category. Um, three, three losers bracket teams from last year. Con and I. One of us got the bye. One of us looks very, very strong. Also in the playoffs, won a bunch of games. And Alex was the worst team last year and, you know, did win the inaugural Petit Final this year. Did not make the playoffs, but 
He well, scored a lot of find, points. So, and scored a lot of points this year. He scored a lot of points. Um, no, I think you and Colin are locks uh, because, yeah, you did turn a corner, uh, especially you, honestly, after two straight seasons of, uh, you know, kind of calling it midseason. Uh, yeah. You did uh, flip the script and you are finally, you were a buyer at the deadline, you know, all of that. Uh, I do think <clears throat> there's an argument for Ben here. I think if Ben had not finished as limply, he won, as he, he won the league last year, John. I know, but he had such a bad no, record. No, no, he no, no. Good. No, there is an argument. No. Ben, Ben, Ben is not eligible for this for this award. No, that 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 will end right there. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. With I, I, I agree. You can't give it to him. But I'm just saying he did go six and eight last year. He wasn't exactly a wagon. Uh, and this year he looked a lot better uh, during the, it, it was an inverse year for Ben where he yes. looked good in the regular season and then died postseason. Uh, yeah. I think Alex is really the only option that you have here. And, uh, and like I said, the, the points really do, I think lend a lot of credence. I mean, he finished, um, if not for the huge switch last week, I think he would have, I think he'd be ahead of Colin in points for the season. So, no, the, like I don't he, think the points don't account for the playoffs. The points for Colin. Oh, do they not? So he finished third. Um, no, they're locked. Okay, so he finished third in the in points of the season again. Did not make the playoffs, but certainly better than a last place finish, which is where he was at. Um, yes. Last year, so. Um. No. Yeah. So I think, and plus, it's really just process of elimination because you look at the other options. Garrison missed the playoffs. Uh, Brian. Pretty awful faces of the game uh just can't do it um yeah like you said ben needs to be ruled out and then yeah when you look at the rest of it everybody else has either regressed or stayed the same or or or, or it's colin who we have on the list already like yeah i'm just saying yeah outside of those three who who else do you pick so i think that those three are good um so yeah Uh, so we're gonna do you i have uh myself colin and alex at the finals for that for that award most unimproved. I only have two names down. There really only needs to be one. It's John and Paul. It's me. Yeah. Uh, you put Paul down as the other finalist, but I can't really think of anybody else who deserves to be on those. I mean, if you want to put Gary on there for. He <sighs> really can't. He only had one fewer win uh, from last year. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, he looks. He, I think he looked pretty much the same. A team that yeah. does not scare anyone, but also is not the worst in the league. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a. Yeah, so. It's a lateral move. I agree with this. Um, yeah, there's really nobody but else. Really, really, really he's the only one that ask. I think you could consider putting putting on the list. And you can. It, Paul's record obviously makes him look a lot better than he his team actually was this year. Um, so yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you 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 two finished tenth and eleventh in um, points four. So it's like yeah. And yeah. we were both playoff teams last year, so we both were. Um, this was—is this the first time that Paul's missed the playoffs? No, he missed it uh, once before. Was it once before? Yes, because there was that streak where it was the year after I won. I made it at six and seven or something, and he just missed it. And I was therefore the only team to have not missed the playoffs up to that point. Oh yes, sorry, 20, 2019? Yes, yeah. he went five and eight. Wow, that was a brutal year. <laughs> yeah, not a great year. That was <laughs> that was essentially everyone. 
Yeah, that was ugly. Um, okay, but yeah, no, I agree. Um, okay, you want to do Mr. Relevant? And then, uh, well, mo- oh yeah, sorry, but uh, Mr. Relevant, I have again three names. I have Alex, I have Brian, and I have Ben. Um, the reason that I don't have I like you are Ky- the reason I don't have you or Kyle on this list or or anybody else is that everybody else by selling or do something engaged into the mm-hmm. became a very relevant player because they were selling their players. These three did not do that or uh, attempt to acquire any players. Well, so I think that that is a factor of it. There is also the factor of being either like a contender or like uh, showing flashes of it. Or conversely, I think Kyle and I are more relevant because we were so bad that it was noteworthy. Yes. Like to me that, that, implies more relevance than even the middle of the pack to me this is the three are paul brian and garrison uh because alex at least did put up a fight uh he uh, like we said he scored quite a few points um there was some real intrigue there towards the end of the season um and then ben obviously i think it was noteworthy ben looked like the second best team in the league for half the season uh and then fell off to me i think brian is the winner of this i think that is where we're heading because to your point, he did nothing <laughs> trade wise. He at no point was considered an actual contender, nor was he truly like the worst team in the league. He was, as we pointed out a lot, he was 120 and then he goes home. Yeah. He takes his ball and leaves. Um, so I think there's that. Uh, and then Garrison and Paul uh, were a similar vibe to me uh, in terms of like not really ever threatening clearly weren't all the way down with Kyle and I, but clearly weren't playoff teams. But like you said, they sold. Yeah. They sold their players. There wasn't a big sell-off, but they did sell. Well, they Paul, 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 Paul sold. Paul did sell, yeah. But um, I guess, yeah, not enough for me to beat him. Uh, but so, yeah, I guess I, I to me, I think Brian and Gary are locks. Paul, I, I maybe I could hear an argument. I, see, I would go Alex over Paul if we're going this route. I, I like Gary, Brian, and Alex as these three because Alex was – a mush on the tr- trade front, a mush in the chat for large parts of the season. Like he cooked for a little bit there <laughs> after it was all said and done after he was out. Like that's a good point. Yeah. He did only come alive once it was pretty much mathematically impossible for him yeah. to make the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm all right with that. Okay. So we're okay. going to do Gary, Brian and Alex. Yes. And so, to recap real quick, um, for Coach of the Year, our finalists are um, Scott, Zach, and Colin. Is that who you Mostert? Yes. Um, For MVP, we have Raheem Mostert, Puka Nakua, and Brock Purdy. For LVP, we have Justin Jefferson, Gabe Davis, and Aaron Jones. Comeback Player of the Year, we have Alex, Colin, and myself. Uh, for most unimproved player, we have John and Paul. That will be John's award when it's all said and done. Award, yeah. um, and for Mr. Relevant, we have Gary, Brian, and Alex. Likely this is Brian's award. To, likely going to Brian. <laughs> this is Brian's. There are two that we could award now, but on a technicality, we will not. <laughs> this is like – that's almost like it's like the Lou Groza award winner is just like – it clearly – easily the best kicker in the country like by a country mile it's like okay we technically have to nominate two other people yeah there there will be three finalists we'll have three (laughs) but yeah it's it's the roberto aguayo yeah that was his name right roberto aguayo yeah yeah um 
it, it was that year where it was like, okay, clearly we're giving it to this guy, but we'll invite two other guys to New York for the sake of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. That's good. Um, I, I think this is a good way to do it actually. Cause it gets us a little bit more um, discussion. I guarantee you we are going to Maybe, have missed. Hmm? Yeah. I said, and we're going to have missed some people or some awards, but also we we're getting together for the party. Maybe there'll be some healthy debate as to who, who they want to see win these awards. There is going to be, I, I think MVP we did fine. LVP, I feel like there is going to be somebody that we missed that probably there's probably that's probably one where it's going to be like, how could you not have Colin know? is going to be furious or something along those lines? Like, how did you not include Najee Harris in this list? Um, okay, so now let's move on to our uh, our other segment here, which I'm calling uh, the bottom tops. So obviously, um, Kyle and I are in the toilet bowl. We both belong yes. there. You um, do. This is this is a matchup of the two worst teams. Not always the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, I should have very much been in the toilet bowl and managed to beat um, Alex, though the previous week and and survive. So yeah, uh, no. we don't always get we don't always get this lucky where two really bad teams are actually playing each other. This is, um, and that's what I wanted to discuss here, was that I, I think this is something that I can't remember it ever happening before, where either team that loses, like, you can make a very strong argument for, like, no, yeah, that was the worst team they deserve to yeah. lose. Like, there is a great argument for both Kyle and I that we were the worst team in the league this year um, in different facets. Um, but first, Chuck, so we're both in the top division, but we are the two worst teams in the league. Uh, so I wanted to discuss what the opposite of a power bottom would be, since we are obviously, um, I, I, I'm pitching weak, weak top, um, uh, a frail top, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what you'd want to call it. Um, I do like what you put in here. Where according to Reddit, it's a submissive top. I don't know if that applies directly, but <laughs> that yeah, one was I, weirder. I, frail. I think frail top is the is the best. Frail top. Frail top. Delicate. Delicate top. <laughs> delicate top. Okay. We can do delicate top then. So Kyle and I are the delicate tops. Um, but yeah. So essentially, and the point that I wanted to make was that uh, I think that we um, in this toilet bowl have the exact opposite of the college football playoff debate uh, where we have the worst team going up against the least deserving team uh, imaginable. The worst team being Kyle right now, Kyle is playing easily the worst Again, of any okay, team so, we've ever okay, seen. So call, calling him anemic is an insult to anemic people. Um, and then you look at my team, which is certainly the most least deserving. Uh, yes. I have the worst record in league history. I was last in points for, for almost the entire season. Um, and, uh, Kyle just essentially with a Herculean effort eclipsed me at the last, uh, (laughs) moment. Uh, he had to really do some shit, but I, so I wanted to go through how Kyle and I wound up here. Uh, cause I do think that it's interesting, uh, sort of the, uh, the anatomy of a loser that is this bad, because once again, we really have not seen two teams ever that have been this bad. No, we've said we, we you said it last week. We were talking about kind of the records. How we usually have one team 
that is mm-hmm. this bad. Rarely do we get two teams that are so bad in the record category that, um, like you said, there were a lot of wins out there all of a sudden because sure. we had two really bad teams. So yeah, this is this is a rarity for the Norwich Football League to see two historically bad teams. And it's also interesting because we were in the same division. Technically, it could have been worse yes. because Kyle and I had to play each other twice. Meaning, technically speaking, there had to be two wins that came out of that. It could have been worse. It could yes. have been. I could have been a one-win team very easily. Um. Okay. But so, so going back through sort of the season and how we wound up here. So I wanted to start obviously with uh, the draft. Neither Kyle nor I obviously knocked the draft out of the park. That is a no. foundational piece of building a loser this bad. Um. Uh, as Chuck brought up, there was Aaron Jones, but we'll get to that. Uh, so the true draft misses that I wanted to highlight were just guys that it was like, why the fuck did we do that? Um, so for me, I think the biggest one is I drafted Dak in the eighth, which it turned out was a great pick, except I dropped him in a week two. Yes. Um, so so I, I held on to him for the exact wrong amount of time. Uh, he's now quarterback three. Uh, the other one. Uh, I did. I took you dropped Co- him after that was a very funny game. The game where they basically almost dismantled the New York Giants as a franchise, but Dak didn't do anything. He didn't, he didn't like, play. Ran it down yeah. the throat. Yeah, and you're like, oh, he's whatever. I would maybe held on to him for one more week to see how they were gonna go. Well, so I was zero and two and panicking, and I was like, there, I I cannot have a mediocre quarter. Like that's just inexcusable to have a mediocre. He, he did score twenty points in week two. Yeah. But I wanted to move on because I, I, I also came in the season not believing in Dak. Who did you go with initially? I don't know who I went with initially, was actually. Let's it, look it, at week was three. It right to Kirk, was it right to Kirk Cousins? No, it definitely wasn't. It might, no, yeah, it was right to Kirk Cousins. Sorry. Who put up, who put up way better numbers uh, for a while there. Yes. He was consistently looking great before the IR, obviously. Uh, came and took him from me. Um, and then... So I drafted Brandon Cooks in the seventh. That was just a waste. There were. I, ha- I have him. I have him now. Well, congratulations. I hope you enjoy having him on your bench because that's where he belongs. Um, and then obviously, I think the biggest one here is uh, drafting Kyle Pitts in the fifth. Uh, that yeah, just... that was. Again, no one could have uh, foreseen uh, the Arthur Smith experience really coming to this much of a of a head with with the fantasy owners and Arthur Smith. The. The fact that I, for multiple weeks, rostered two Falcons tight ends and couldn't decide who to drop. There was no good answer for who I should drop between Jonu Smith and uh, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I fucking hate Arthur Smith. Um, Okay. Kyle's were a little bit more on the nose in terms of him missing. Um, So he did take Miles Sanders in the fourth. That, it turned out to be a a pretty terrible pick. There were obviously some better guys out there. uh... Not only that, but he was drafting a guy on who, as we would later learn, might be the worst run and organized franchise Mm -hmm. of all time. Yeah. Um, And he essentially, I mean, I get the logic where it was like, okay, someone has to get the points here. Maybe it'll be Myers Sanders. That's a a fourth round pick, which you hope is in the running back two. That's a start. um, Brigade, Yeah. yeah. Um, so somewhere in the top 24 for our league, uh, he is finishing double that right now. He mm-hmm. is uh, f- running back 48. Right, He now. has been fully eclipsed by Chuba Hubbard because they yes. 
And there was also a lot of stuff that I saw going into the draft. About o- only, he- missed, only, only missed one game, Miles Sanders as well. Was active He's for just every other bad. game. Yeah. No, it turned out, I, I remember reading that essentially he was good for the Eagles because they handed him the ball 25 times a game. Like that, It was like he was the... It was him and Madison were the two least efficient running backs, like ever. <laughs> Essentially, uh, uh, it was like a fool's gold situation with the two of them. Uh, so there was that. Uh, he drafted Adam Thielen in the twelfth, which is a great pick. Except Kyle also dropped him after week two. <laughs> yep, finishing uh, wide receiver fifteen right now is Adam Thielen, and also he is. So he's got 202.6 fantasy points scored. Debo Samuel, wide receiver 12 right now, has 211. So, yeah. Right behind. Yeah. Well, it's also, I mean, I, I think the bigger thing with Phelan was just the big games. You know, he could have won yes. Kyle two or three games pretty much by himself just because he was going for 30 for two or three weeks there. Um, he was, yeah. So that's yeah, obviously four, a Week four where he drops him, he ran him off. A 28-pointer, a 28-and-a-half-pointer, and then they had the bye, then he went 15 points a week after that. So yeah. good, good stretch there for Adam Thielen. Uh, so that was a miss. And then the last uh, true miss for Kyle was uh, the 49ers D, which isn't a bad pick, but he took them in the uh, ninth round. Uh, it would be two more rounds before anybody else took a defense. So yeah, Kyle def- really could have waited. <laughs> defense eight right now. Again, that's better than starting defense. Nice job, Kyle. But uh, yeah, he said a little early. Little early could have could have gotten a pretty solid backup. Uh, there, you know, was he gonna draft a guy who was really good? No, but at least you get a lottery ticket out of it, and not yeah. just a defense. Um, so those are the draft misses. Uh, so then we get into the injuries, which is really where both of us fell to pieces. Uh, so as you said, Aaron Jones, uh, he has missed seven weeks thus far <laughs> of this season, and has been largely ineffective. Besides that, but I mean, I take ten points over nothing. They've come in, they've come in, the misses have come in nice spurts as well. Didn't miss seven straight. No, he picked and choose when he was going to yep. randomly miss games. He missed like four and then three. So, so that was great. Um, Deontay Johnson missed three. Um, and, and had Kenny Pickett and then now Mason uh, Rudolph. Mason, well, they had Mitch Trubisky for a minute there and now yeah. Mason Rudolph. He was actually, he was hot with Mitch Trubisky. He, so. Speaking of which, uh, they asked, um, shockingly, George Pickens had another bad effort play on film last week mm-hmm. where he just didn't block a guy that then they wanted to make the tackle at the two yard line. And he said that he was, um, didn't want to get injured. Yes. Uh, blocking. So that's why, that's why he wasn't blocking that play. Yeah. My favorite thing that I now see is a lot of, uh, it's essentially Deontay Johnson being forced to defend George Pickens to be like, listen, no one's having fun in this locker room. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one is happy. Um, and then I, so I, my last injury was, as we discussed, Kirk Cousins uh, was playing pretty well for me, but uh, lost. Kirk was playing, was playing really well when he got before he got hurt. Yeah, the last couple weeks right before he got hurt, he looked unstoppable. Uh, week eight, uh, IR. Um, Kyle, uh, he really only had two injuries, but they were incredibly noteworthy. So he had Nick Chubb. Uh, obviously, in week two, that really took the wind out of his sails. That was one of, and his that's that players. that's the injury we talked about this year. That's the injury this year that took everybody down. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if you look at any of the stats that are available of like teams that went winless or missed the playoffs, a significant percentage of those teams drafted and were rostering uh, Nick Chubb. Which that doesn't even so, take into account the uh, 
the fact that with keepers, Nick Chubb was the fifth overall pick. Like yeah. you're expecting not just a starter, you're expecting somebody who's carrying you across yes. the goal line half the time. Um, and so to not have him for effectively the whole season was tough. He obviously he got forward, which offset it a little, but it's not yeah. the same. Uh, and then more recently, he lost to Herbert in week 14. Um, and that was, again, essentially his lone bright spot at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Justin Herbert. So losing him. He was playing poorly with Justin Herbert. So it's it's obviously it's tougher without him. Um, and then well, we get. As we, as we said, it's not like not like a previous year where it's like, all right, I lost my quarterback. I can probably find a decent comparable one in the waivers. Oh, no, no. there's so many be- injured quarterbacks this year that that guy's not out there. Well, and obviously there was the whole Mike holding like three starting quarterbacks yeah. for a while. I think, I, I think I checked the waivers for a brief moment there. And I think like Tommy DeVito for a minute, mm-hmm. that was like the second highest projected. Well, he was. Yeah. Um, guy on our waiver wire. It's he uh was. it's a uh, Trevor Lawrence now because I dropped him. Um, Nick Mullins Nick, and yeah. Tommy DeVito. Those are the top yeah. three. Yeah, no, that's yeah. I picked him up mostly as like a mascot last week because uh, I just had an open roster spot, but. Uh, yeah, no, he, the reason why I thought of it was because when you pull up the waiver wire, he is staring you straight in the face yeah. because that's where we're at, um, in the year. Um, so moving on to obviously the, the tank is the biggest thing that really moved Kyle and I from, you know, middling teams that would miss the playoffs to the true travesties that we both became. Um, so in week six, I traded away Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs uh, traded them to Colin and in week seven, uh, Kyle decided to follow suit and trade away Jamar chase and, uh, Jerome Ford, uh, to Zach, I believe. Um, which obviously honestly didn't really benefit Colin and Zach the way that maybe they were hoping, but it certainly hurt Kyle and I to not have any production. Yeah. You both got uh first round picks out of it. So that is a bright spot in those trades. Um, but yeah, like you said, those, those, having those guys on your roster probably weren't fixing you, but you would have definitely picked up some more wins, would have had more competitive teams, um, down the stretch with those guys. Especially, I think I had two or three weeks where I was just barely missing wins. You have to assume that Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams are maybe giving me the bump that I was looking for there. So maybe I wind up with four wins (laughs) instead Mm of two. Uh, but yeah, it, it's not pushing us to the playoffs. Certainly, it would be funny if you, you didn't make the trade or Kyle didn't make his trade, and everything kind of stayed the same, and he was going into the Toad Bowl uh, without Jamar Chase. <laughs> Still without Jamar, he just has Ford, who is now kind of not even the starting running back on the Browns. Um, yeah, thank God he made that trade because otherwise, yeah, he might just be looking at losing the league for nothing. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing I want to discuss was the low scoring streaks, because this is what really illustrates just how bleak things have been. Um, yes. So from weeks four to seven, I failed to break a hundred. Um, for most of those weeks, I failed to break 90. Um, and I actually, I went sub 90 in five straight or not five straight weeks, but in five weeks throughout the season, um, which is sub 90 to me is like, that's a, a war crime. That is bad. Well, that that's so you, we we have ten starting roster spots, right? 
five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, one of them's a defense who you can't. Uh, ten weeks, ten points is a really good week for a defense. But yeah, everybody else, six to score to, for defense. Yeah, to, <laughs> to score ten, like demons of the kicker combining for ten, like that's mm. a bad week even. Like yeah, that's not even get, right there. <laughs> to, not even get, to not even get that for a lot of weeks is impressive. Well, that there's a reason why Kyle and I did so many ISIS, uh, and it's because yeah. we were. I, I was looking at zeros <laughs> at yeah. a game, amongst others. Um, so yeah, I went five weeks sub ninety, and then I, I bottomed out. My low score in the season was eighty point eight four. Kyle things got bleaker uh, somehow. I did not think it was possible. Um, so Kyle failed to break a hundred, and is continuing, I suppose, to fail to break a hundred uh, from weeks twelve to fifteen. That's last week. Also, the same amount of time that you failed to break, a, like that same five a five week stretch. Now, mm-hmm. yep, that's correct. He has a shot to make it, <laughs> make it six in a row. Uh, he can go for the record. Um, he has also five weeks of uh, sub ninety point performances. That same stretch. Uh, however. He also went, he went sub-80 in four of those weeks. Are those uh, just is, the last four weeks? No, I think he broke 90 last week. Okay. So he he technically, yeah, it was the four weeks preceding the playoffs, he failed to break 80. No, I've, I've, I've been there. Uh, two years ago, I was there where it's like, you watch your projections and you go, I really have no idea how many points my team's not going to score. It's it, it is truly, it's kind of wild to look at it and be like, you see ninety six points as a project, projection, you're like, that's generous. That's <laughs> generous. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, four weeks of sub eighty, and Kyle bottomed out at a near record fifty six point eight four, uh, which is, is something to behold. Um, he uh, once again Scott also did it this yeah, week, so it's out there. there it's, it's incredible. It really is incredible to have that happen twice in a season with PPR with the sized <laughs> roster that we have. I mean, it's almost a statistical anomaly to happen twice. It has to be a result, I think, of the twelve man league and rosters inevitably getting a little thinner. That like you could have a you know you have two guys just go bad and you have a bad roster around them and it's just like that's, that's yeah it. that's true. Um, so yeah, no, I, I do, I think we are in a truly fascinating situation here with, uh, with Kyle and I, just because really it's just, uh, we were the worst team in the league at two different times. Um, yes. I think you could very easily the whole year, pretty much everyone was like, nope, this is, <laughs> this is John's to lose. Now, obviously, uh, the script has flipped a little bit because Kyle has just looked so bad. He has inserted himself into the conversation. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I I think that this is gonna be this is gonna be a good one. Um, I fully expect my team to let me down completely. Um, I think the truly fascinating thing about this toilet bowl is that uh, the timing of it is that essentially one of us will be crowned the loser on Christmas Day. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the best part about this. That, <laughs> yes. Which is, it's something I was like, man, that's going to ruin Christmas. And I was like, that's nah, not going to ruin Christmas. It is going to take the wind out of my sails on Christmas if it happens, though. So just just to uh, to clarify, on Monday, if as his roster sits right now, Kyle mm-hmm. has Gus Edwards and the mighty Zamir White from the Raiders. Um, one projected point projection for one, projected for one point one. <laughs> maybe maybe go with somebody else this week, Kyle. I'm just gonna. We'll see. Don't don't you go to you know conquer yourself two weeks in a row. 
Uh, so that's who Kyle has going on Monday. And on Christmas Day, Mr. Astro World, John, has mm-hmm. uh, Rashi Rice mm-hmm. and <laughs> running it back with Odell Beckham Jr. Just so, look yeah. at my bench. There's no other options. And if he puts in Jarek McKinnon, he also plays Monday. So. He does. Yeah, Jarek McKinnon and his five projected points <laughs> are playing on Monday. Um, the San Francisco 49ers could dismantle John a couple different ways on Monday. They could. They could do it in some very interesting ways. Um, but yeah, that's the interesting thing is that there's no world in which it's settled uh, Sunday no, night. No, we, 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 we won't have to go to the Lord's birthday to figure out who loses this league. <laughs> we certainly will, especially because it is – because like Odell and Zamir White, not really too concerned with their um, – production but rashi rice and uh gus edwards will likely be two guys that kyle and i are both counting on to score points if we're gonna win that game yeah um so that will come down to it there's really no amount of points ahead that i could possibly be at this point that i would no no as we've seen no no lead is safe for john um at the same at the in the same regard uh there is no lead too small that john could maybe not overcome as well so (laughs) That I could overcome by the smallest possible margin is yeah, really like, the fascinating thing. If Kyle's up by five points going into that Ravens game, like he might pop champagne. Like there's there's no lead. There's <laughs> no I, lead too small for John O'Neill to not overcome. Yeah, Rashi Rice, five points uh, to make up, and I just am simply unable to do it. Yeah. Fuck. All right. Well, that was uh, the bottom tops. Um, no, we're going with we're going with delicate tops. Delicate tops. Sorry, delicate tops. Yeah, that was the the segment name I put in was bottom tops. Yes. Um, okay, the delicate tops. So let's move into some predictions here, Chuck. Um, and you know what? For the sake of it, I'm going to do um, just a little transition. Suck a dick on command. All right. So um, to recap last week, we had a good week uh, in general. So first like, of all, I would good season. Like we're, we're just season. good at we're just good at picking these games. A truly incredible season, actually. Um, the one thing that I want to mention is I went through and I did the math on this earlier today. Like uh, I was like counting up how everyone's record stood, and I missed a game because I put in just one line in the last Google Doc. It just said Alex equals all. Like I just uh, I didn't put like the whole thing like I usually do, so I skipped it. So it almost gave us all less one win of credit. Um, but I corrected that. So the, uh, the results from last week, I went four and one picked myself. That's, that's a, a classic error. Uh, Chuck, you went three and two and Colin also went three and two. Okay. Um, so, uh, again, very good. Um, so that brings us up to, I am now at 46 and 25, which is good for a 647 win percentage. Um, Honestly, out of control. Uh, at no, this point. I mean, it, there's really nothing else to say. We're just good at picking games now. There's, it's, I, I don't understand how it. Well, I guess I do understand how it happened. Half the league tanked and half didn't. But you know, um, still kind of impressive. Uh, Chuck, you were at thirty six and twenty seven, good for a five seventy one win percentage. And Colin is at 30 and 17, which is a 638 win percentage. So I both have the most wins and the highest winning percentage. Khan, I think, can probably mathematically catch me. Um, and Chuck, does, I'm... Does he have picks for this week? 
He won't. Uh, he might be on next week. So Maybe it's the it, one. It, but, but it would. But it would be. Uh, it would just be you letting him catch you if he doesn't pick any more games. Potentially, that, I'm assuming there's not going to be there's not going to be enough games left for him to catch you if you do well this week. Well, there's there's only going to be one more game left. I was going to say there's one more. Yeah, there's four more games. Technically, Colin's not picking three of them, um, which also is not a, a scheme for me. Colin said he couldn't do it this week, yeah. so I want to clarify that too. Um, yeah, it would be me losing games, and then maybe he wins. He picks next. Yeah, week. You have to pick. Yeah, if he picked next week, he got his winner and and got it. Um, which he's also. I mean, he's separately nine. 0.009 percentage points behind yeah. me, so it'd be very easy to do. It still is remarkable how many more games. Like, you've picked eight more games than me. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's, how that, that's, how, that's how that math works. It's still impressive that you, like, I thought it would be a little more even, but, like, you, you still have picked, you picked the most games and have done the best. So, good job out of you. That, that is, yeah. It, I honestly expected that it would be an inverse. The more games you pick, the closer to 500 you would wind up. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. It also, I'm glad it illustrates just how often I do this fucking podcast. Yes, <laughs> this, is, this is true. A lot. Um, we can't, we, we all need to make sure that we don't ever actually let John kill himself because that would be a really <laughs> big problem for the pod. It, it would be less of a problem. It would have been a year ago where now Colin is just sort of taking the reins. Cause I will admit the fun part was last week when we were doing the three man weave, there was a debate between John and Colin about who was going to edit it. And at no point did I even consider no. chiming in or offering my assistance. I could well, do it if I wanted to. You could, you just would never. Well, that was also the issue when I was in Toledo, I was like, listen, I can record it. I probably can't edit it, which means either at least Colin has to be on this podcast because Charlie's not going to fucking do it. Or I could just be off of it completely. Um, but yeah, no. Luckily, Colin has Colin has quietly become sort of the creative engine behind this podcast. This is, a, this is also ironically this like two week stretch is like when I'd be most able to actually edit a show and put <laughs> that it together. That's true. Um, yeah, it you maybe I'll just give it to you, Chuck. Uh, this what are we at? Uh, hour twelve. That's not that bad actually. I'll take it back. Um. So yeah. Anyway, if if I die, Colin, I think could take over very. Very competently. Um, or if I'm impeached, that's what I'm waiting for. One of these days, Zach or Mike will get bored and lead some sort of impeachment strike. And because Colin has gotten good enough at editing, it is possible now. I will let. I, I will not. That I can't let that happen. You I weren't going to let the last one happen, Chuck. No, that was different. <laughs> this one it directly affects me way more than the last one did. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's go through uh, our picks for this week. Pretty quick. This one. Um, yeah, only, only three only, games. Only three games to pick. So, and um, I mean, at least if we're involved. So, like, I'm picking me, you're picking you. So that takes yeah. really very few picks to make. Let's start with the one that actually is relevant uh, that we both have to pick independently. We got Mike versus Zach. Are you going to do it? Are you going to pick against him? I'm taking Mike. I'm not going to open yeah, it. I'm taking. I mean, Mike. there's there there's. Like I said, I mean, I've been picking against Zach all year. I don't know why I would change for this game when he's up against Mike. Mike's team rallied from their um, fall apart uh, last week. Tyreek Hill will be back. Um, mm -hmm. The one thing that is will be kind of cool is um, it's the Fraud Bowl this week. The Dolphins are playing the Cowboys, <laughs> and the loser of this the loser of this game, which will probably be Dallas because it's on the road, yeah. is is the fraud of the season. Oh, 
I actually really one of my uh, great joys recently has been reading um, articles about the Cowboys each week, where like sports writers have to fully flip their opinion on the Cowboys from like the Cowboys are back, this is the year they're doing it. Dak is the best he's ever been. To then like, they play, then they play a road game, and it's like ah, the Cowboys suck again. <laughs> it's, it's it's literally like. Yeah, no, I think that the Cowboys should probably fire Mike McCarthy. <laughs> that's that's just what they should do. Um, the fun part was that who would have thought that Mike McCarthy taking the reins, getting more involved in the play call, like would actually work out. I read. Nobody really, saw that I read a, a very interesting article that essentially claimed that, like, yeah, no, Mike McCarthy is uh, getting all this credit. Essentially, the offense that he insisted he wanted to run was what they ran the first four weeks. That when they looked like truly horrendous. <laughs> And then since then, he's adapted to something that was very close to what Kellen Moore was running last year. And so they're just, they regressed. Essentially, Dak is not that bad of a quarterback. And so now they're just incredible. So, yeah. Yeah. Not a shock, I guess, that that's how. Um, but Mike yeah, so Mike, Mike's going to be at a lot of cues on Mike's squad right now. But fortunately, because his team is good. Um, if Mostert is, becomes an out, you can go with Swift, mm-hmm. who, ironically, the Eagles. But thank God they're playing the Giants this week. They need a win. Bad. They do. And the Giants need a loss. The big, the, the one thing that will be interesting is, no, because he could just move over the roster. Like, Keenan Allen, I don't know what, what his hell is going to be. They're playing Buffalo, and Easton Stick is his quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I don't – like, that's, that could be a wash because if – could Mike can move Tyreek up and then put in Swift or somebody else into the flex spot. So yeah. he could get around he could get around both those guys. Kenneth Walker, he's got Charbonnet if he goes down. And then obviously Hill has got the cue still because I think I don't think he practiced today, but he's going to almost certainly play. Um they're at home. No reason to like not be fully prepped, ready to go for that one. On the other side, um, I've said for a while that I don't think Zach's team is that good, and the team that I didn't think was that good also lost Jamar Chase. So I'm going with <laughs> Mike correct. as well. Yeah, there's just no world in which a team starting Devin Singletary, I think, can beat a better team. <laughs> just, even if, if, if he was playing not the Browns, I could meet him halfway, but uh, the wagon, the junkyard dogs that they've come to be known yeah. among the airwaves are coming to Houston. And Houston does not have CJ Stroud again. So mm-hmm. yeah, there, might be, there, there might be like 10 two yard receptions for Devin Singletary, which does equal a good amount of points. That's, so that's there, a there, healthy. That's there could be, what? there could be points there for sure. So we'll see what, 12 but points. I, I still, <laughs> yeah. I still like Mike in this one. Um, yeah, no, I'm taking Mike. There's really no world in which I'd pick against him. All right. Now let's look at your game, uh, Chuck, which is you versus Colin, which this one should be, very competitive. Yeah. Like I said, beating Colin is the same way you beat Mike. I I don't think I'm going to score 190 points no. to beat him. You got to put up your number and then you hope that it's enough. And that's Colin's showing us. We've seen both sides of Colin's team coin the last two weeks. We've seen the bottom end and we've seen the top end. So we will see what version shows up this week. If he meets in the middle, then it's anybody's game. So... Um, I would like on my squad to get some more clarity on sure. on if what exactly is going to happen with the Indianapolis running back situation because I'd like to go without Nico Collins this week, especially against the Browns and with Case Keenum playing quarterback. 
also yeah. for Collins is coming off of an injury. Um, I did grab Tyler Boyd off of waivers as a little mm-hmm. box out to hopefully um, be another option. If I have to, if I, get, if I get really stuck and something else happens in practice, I can go with Tyler Boyd, who hopefully with Jamar Chase out and the Zach Browning, or the, I was going to say Jake, the Jake Browning experience, yeah. Zach Browning. I was almost the, the Zach Brown band experience. I was going to say the Baron Browning experience. Um, yeah. But... The, uh, the Jake Browning experience seems to be going quite well um, in Cincinnati. And for so, now. Yeah. For now. Um, so yeah, that's another option there. So hopefully I get some more clarity on the Nico Collins decision. If I have to go with Jonathan Taylor, I'll get another like point and a half bump. So we'll be, it'll be like a four point difference when all of a sudden done in the projections, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, that's a bad, that's a a defensive slide on like garbage time difference of points. Mm-hmm. So that could really, yeah. so it should be hopefully a close game. Like I said, I don't, I'm not going to, if it's a boat race, I'm not going to be able to win, but if I can put up my number, then I got a shot. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I, go, I, going, going with myself. Obviously, I, I figured, yes, I'm going to go with Colin here. I do think, I, I think that Colin just kind of has the horses. Um, Obviously, uh, the Raiders going up against Kansas City isn't where Colin probably wants them this week, but I still think, I mean, they're funneling as many touches to Devontae Adams as they possibly can. Uh, Jacobs should be back. Um, And besides that, he just, like, it's unfortunate because your team isn't bad, but Colin's team just looks more talented pretty much across the board uh, at the moment. Also, another big Christmas game here. The Monday night Christmas game. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Purdy and uh, Debo Samuel. He's going to have uh, Brandon Ayuk. Could be huge ramifications uh, oh, yeah. in that one. Which also, that is a tough one. I forgot about that. That Colin yeah, has the I, classic. I've, I, I've been relying really heavily on Brock Purdy throwing multiple touchdowns to Debo Samuel every game. Right. And <laughs> so hopefully that trend continues. If that flips wow. and yeah, he winds up targeting Ayuk a little bit more, you're going to be yeah, in trouble. So be a little bit of trouble there, possibly. All right, but so I'm going to go with Colin there. I do think that I think he's gotcha. Um, and now let's move into the marquee matchup, which, to no one's surprise, is the toilet bowl, which is tough because it's not the most competitive game theoretically, but it is the one that is the most significant and probably the most up in the air. Um, as of this moment, uh, I am up by. 26 points i think 27 points in the projections um i also just looked real briefly colin has a ton of guys going on christmas the raiders are playing on christmas mm-hmm. the eagles are playing on christmas and the aforementioned um 49ers baltimore game so again <laughs> gonna come down to the lord's birthday in that it's one. gonna be colin will be trailing in that one <laughs> going into Monday night. if he's not <laughs> you're gonna take, a christmas, you're gonna take a christmas miracle <laughs> Um, okay. But looking at it, I do think, I mean, I think a lot of my confidence in this comes down to, I really would like for, for Brian Robinson Jr. to play because <laughs> if he does, I feel significantly better. I don't want to have to, uh, do another coin flip with my flex guys again. Cause I don't like Elijah Moore. I don't like Josh Downs. I don't even really like Odell, but he's just there are only so many guys that, that, in that, that Baltimore is, that is, you, are, you are in a, with Odell, you are in a lesser of many evils scenario with that one. Uh, Derek is really only useful if um, Pacheco doesn't play this week, which it looks like he's going to. 
Um, so yeah, I just fastest. I don't know what kind of shoulder surgery Pacheco had, but apparently yeah. not very invasive because he was ready to go immediately. I saw it was much. arthroscopic, but still, like what? How? <laughs> how the fuck do you do that? Regardless, um, Aaron Jones and Odell have questioned have questionable tags. They'll both play. Um, they just both don't practice. Um, for Kyle, I think the biggest thing is. If Kincaid doesn't play, Kyle's kind of fucked. I don't see a way around Kyle surviving Kincaid not playing. And he does have... He's got to play well, too. He does have to play well. He only played 50% of snaps last week, presumably because he's extremely injured and they were trying to manage the snaps. I believe he has a shoulder, ankle, and sternum injury at the moment. Um, that's, a, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of injury. I, I, I think that that's the case. Uh... Yeah, I'll pull it up later. But yeah, so I think he needs that. Oh my God. Kyle is absolutely fucked for these waiver wire packs. I was like, who could he possibly replace Zamir White no with? And well, like no, maybe he, he would... like Cordero Patterson might be his best option. Just hope that we have a weird Falcons game. Nah, he'd put like, he'll, is... he'll put Deontay Foreman in presumably, who at least is like in a. That being said, Deontay Foreman scored negative point six points last week. <laughs> Rashawn Johnson against the Cardinals could be an option as well. Like, I don't know where Colin turns, but please, Kyle, Colin, uh, please, Kyle, do not make it Zamir White. Well, if if Jacobs doesn't play, that went great for Kyle last week. It's just Jacobs looks like he's going to play. I think he's probably going to play. Um, and then you obviously you have Browning, who Kyle's been relying upon. We are starting to hit the threshold where. Um, we might be hitting a they have enough film on Jake Browning point. We we are getting to that point. That being said, he has seemingly gotten better each of the weeks he's been playing. So we will see if it's the if experience takes over or if we're getting filmed. I mean, I will say that Steelers are going to make that an ugly yes game. That's going to be a ugly game. They're in. They want to win that one seven six. Yeah, they're in. They're in Pittsburgh. Like that, that game's going to be tough to watch. I I would guess, just knowing how the Steelers play, especially against the division. Um, that being said, we're also I'm sure the Bengals will be favored in this game, and that's how you that's how the Steelers win. Is they wait, mm-hmm. they get they, they're bad enough until they're no longer favored in games, and then they can they start again. to pull it out. Yeah, and then they win a game fourteen to ten, despite being outgained by hundred and fifty yards. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, and that might happen uh, this week. So I think that there's... If you look at our rosters, I have the positional advantage literally everywhere except defense where we are tied. <laughs> so And... Uh, oh, no, because you could just flip it. And it if you flip the, the receivers, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, like Curtis Samuel's the guy I least want to have on the commanders. like Especially against the Jets? The Jets, no, that being said... Eliminated from playoff contention, Jets. Is that a different beast than technically still alive for the playoff Jets? So we'll see. We'll see if their defense is still playing. But yeah, I mean, interceptions are interceptions. <laughs> no matter if you're in the hunt. And Sam Howell throws them. So. He does. Um, so um, any, I'm taking me. I, I feel pretty good. I also, Chuck, I don't know if you noticed, I, I did some advanced research. I picked up the Denver defense last week just in case. <laughs> there we go. That's I good. was scared. The advanced scouting was good. The advanced scouting. Oh. So that was how I wound up with them. I'm going to go with Kyle. 
Mm, okay. um, only because I want to be on the right side of history, and I will yell probably a thousand times at the Christmas party. Nobody's on Kyle more than I am this week. <laughs> I yelled that okay. so many times at the Toastery Bowl because I was up to that point. I'm I've only the only game I've missed. I was undefeated. I picked every bowl game up to that point. Correct. I was seven and zero, and only sixteen percent of people had picked Old Dominion to win that game against Western Kentucky. And when they were up twenty eight nothing, I was literally screaming, "No one's on the Monarchs more than I am today." <laughs> And then, so yeah. it'll be a very similar thing with Kyle. So I'm going with Kyle. And I, what you said, there is no lead too great and no deficit too small for you to manage to not win games. So that is true. That is absolutely true. Narratively, I lose this game. There is yes, <laughs> yes absolutely. <laughs> the um, the great plot gods have uh, a plan, and it is for me to lose. I just have to hope that Kyle is stronger than their will, which he simply might I be. Mean, like I said, he's he's certainly putting on a performance for the ages the last few weeks. So we'll see. Hopefully, um, like hopefully, Aaron Jones's knees explode or something, and Kyle can put AJ D- like that's his best case scenario. Is a little double jeopardy where like Aaron Jones gets hurt and he can just put AJ Dillon in before the game starts, and that's a benefit. That's a two way benefit. That would probably be his best case scenario. Well, that's the issue is that if Brian Robinson and Aaron Jones don't play, then yeah, we will be seeing Jared. No, <laughs> Kyle's almost in the point where like he's better off like putting in George Pickens, putting in AJ Dillon, and just hoping for home run plays to occur. Yeah, where like where like George Pickens can catch an eighty yard touchdown. He can like randomly, no matter how bad the Steelers look the entire game, he can break one off on a slant for yes. 80 yards. Like, like, like that might be Kyle's best chance to win this game is to put in all of the home run guys and just hope they all hit home runs. See, but that seems like a perfect strategy where it's like Kyle does that, and then it's like, oh yeah, no, Tyler Lockett actually scored 15, and like, well, he, well he'll, he'll, have, he'll have to play some of his regular guys as well. He doesn't have that many. He doesn't have that many home run guys on the bench to put in. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. That many shooters, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm very curious to see how it is. This, I also, I wanted to discuss this, Chuck, as someone who has lost before. This feels easily. This is more pressure than I felt during. The one championship game that I've oh, ever this, played. This, 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 this is the most pressure. <laughs> this is so much more intense. Because the championship game, it's like, I lost, but I made it. I'm feeling good. I'm clearly in the top tier of this like league. I can do this. I lose this game. That's it. Being last feels way worse than being first feels good. I yes. think that's kind of where we're getting at. Like It is great to win. Get your name in the trophy. You are immortalized in that way. Feeling bad, finishing last just feels the absolute worst. And I think, and people can correct me if, if, if this is a different experience from what I have, but I think I remember, I know who lost the league every year. I do not know in detail who won the league each year. Like, I don't really remember. Like, do I know Alex won three times? Yes. I don't really remember how they happened. I don't remember. I can tell you exactly what That's year. That's true. Alex you don't. So, you don't necessarily. So you don't remember the championship runs, which is you remember the Toilet Bowl anti runs. Yes. Like you remember how bad teams were down the stretch when they lost the Toilet Bowl. Yeah. 110 uh, percent where that's like something that i etch in my memory but i don't remember whoever wins this year it'll be like oh yeah no mike did win yeah that's right i forgot about that it's it's not i remember who lost each year yeah because it's important 
Okay. So just to recap quickly. So we both took Mike. Um, I took Colin. You took yourself. And then I took myself. And you took Kyle. Uh, so some, no, some real nobody's disparity. On, nobody's on Kyle more than I am this week. For a while. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. I don't think Kyle's is, is, is on Kyle. I'm on Kyle more than Kyle's on Kyle. By far. Potentially. Um. Okay, well, uh, that's going to about do it for us here. Uh, Chuck, you got any last thoughts before we head into um, my reckoning? Um, nobody did, so good job, everybody. Um, not that has a rocked, as a locked roster for not making any moves. I just do want to remind you that um, once you're eliminated from winning or losing, don't make any more roster moves. Leave it for uh, – the people that are still playing for something to try to piece together some rosters for runs in various directions. Um, go Kyle. That's my last thing. Go Kyle. That's fair. Um, my last note is that the level of despair or relief that I'm going to feel on Monday will be truly unmatched of any experience <laughs> I've had in a very long time. Um, potentially since I got engaged in terms of relief, that would be a, a level that is just, just shy of that in my experience. I also would like to note, I will be having a bachelor party that I would like to plan with the whole group. I am, however, uh, waiting until after this game to fully plan it because I need to pick a remote location if I lose, because that's when I will be doing the beer mile and I don't want to pick some sort of sub-development that I am running well, around that I'm made. Alex, Alex just couldn't have gone better. We had a a full cheer squad developed in the middle of the beer mile for Alex. So. Yeah, see, that's my nightmare, though. Yeah, is that, like... exactly. That's what I mean. That was the best case scenario for everybody else. Yes, So hopefully, I might, I might bring in, like, extras. Maybe we'll get some extras in there. <laughs> to some random cabin in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's about going to do it for us. Um, Kyle, I wish you the best of luck. Um, you will hear from us both again after it's all been decided. But until then, peace. Peace. Thousand men and women every